0: Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the Super Busy Mommy Coach. Hello, and welcome to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, Super Busy Mommy Coach. Right now, I want you to to think about a goal that you have, something that's really important to you. And then I want you to think about one thing you could be doing or not doing that would be better for you to make progress towards that goal. So have you thought of it yet? If you know that there's something you could be doing better, then why aren't you doing it? This is a question I ask people a lot. You know, um, I work in fitness and nutrition. And so, you know, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, before we start working together, tell me three things you could be doing better to lose weight. Oh, well, I could stop drinking wine every night. And I could, you know, skip the cake at the office party. And, you know, everyone can come up with something and say, okay, so why aren't you doing that? That's an important question. So what about you? Why why aren't you doing that thing that you know you could be doing to get closer to your goals? Well, the number one answer I get goes something like this. I'm being lazy. I have no willpower. I just need to I just need to do it. Okay, well, so what are you doing about that? <laughs> well, I have to have more discipline. Well, how are you going to do that? It's, people say it as if they think you're just going to decide, like, you know what? I have to have more discipline. And you decide it, and it just happens, just magically happens. And it doesn't really work that way. That's kind of like saying, well, how are you going to do a double backflip? Well, I'm just going to jump up and flip, back, flip backwards two times. How likely is that to actually work? That's not how things work just like if you were trying to do a double backflip, you'd probably have to get a coach or at least someone who knows how to do a double backflip to describe to you how to try to do it. You know, get some tips, look at YouTube videos, whatever you want to do, get some information. Okay, so how do I do this double backflip? What's the, what's the, what are the insider tricks? And then you'd have to practice it a bunch of times, maybe for a really long time before you finally do that double backflip. And it works the same way with having discipline and willpower. You know, first, you need to understand how they work, get the insider tricks, all those tips and, you know, hacks that you can implement to increase your willpower and your discipline. But then just like any other skill, you need to practice it. You can't just decide, oh, well, I just need to have more discipline. And so that's what I'm going to do. And it'll just happen. That's not going to actually work. And so that's what I'm going to discuss today because this is one of the number one things that holds people back. And if you think that discipline and willpower are something that are innate within you and either you have it or you don't, then you're setting yourself up for failure, Today, I'm going to mention some basic tricks that you might have already heard of, but I'm also going to go deeper into advanced techniques, and hopefully every single person listening to this will get at least one new trick that they can try, or perhaps maybe something that you've heard before and didn't connect it with increasing your discipline and willpower. You'll use that technique in a different way to get this outcome for yourself, but I have a warning. Okay, listening to this podcast alone won't make the difference. There's nothing I'm going to say in this half hour or so that's going to magically change your life tomorrow. You have to implement what I'm saying and you have to practice it consistently until you get good at it. Yes, hearing things and changing your mindsets and looking at things differently can jumpstart you and it can make a difference tomorrow but the bulk of it is going to come when you practice it. And so you can't just try it once or do it one day and be like, oh, that didn't work and leave it alone. No, that would be like trying a double backflip one time and being like, Psh, that professional coach has no idea what they're talking about. It didn't work. No, that's not how you approach this, okay? So even after listening, you have to implement it consistently, maybe for weeks maybe for months, before you start seeing the results. But just like listening to the perfect explanation of a double backflip won't make you do it the next day, hearing the information and knowing it and then practicing on a daily basis will. So let's jump in. Let's go back to that response I always get. Oh, it's because I'm lazy, because I have no willpower. I just need to have more discipline. Oh, are you sure? I mean, that's the first thing I ask, especially because I work with super busy mommies. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, wait, wait. okay, so, so you're telling me you're lazy. Um tell me what a typical day is like for you. Oh well, I wake up at 4:30 in the morning and you know, I feed the baby. Um you know, I have an infant so I've already been up a couple times throughout the night and then I rush to get, you know, the other three kids ready for school and get everyone together, we hop in the car, drop everyone off at school and then I go to work and you know, blah blah blah, I have two jobs and come home and then I have to take my father to this appointment and I'm just like yeah, you really, you really sound lazy. thats I mean, you are just a bum. <laughs> Come on. You know, in most cases, it's not that you're lazy and you don't have willpower. It's that you're using it in some areas of your life and not others. This is key. You have discipline and you have willpower, but you're using them in some areas of your life and not others, and clearly not enough in the areas of your life where you have these goals if you're not reaching them. And so then the question is, why is that? Well, when I talk to people, what's, what are they usually? Well, I, I have to. I have to go to work. I have to get the kids ready for school. Okay, that's true. Don't you also have to eat healthy? If you don't want heart disease, it's pretty important. You know, don't you also have to progress in your career? If you want to, you know, be able to contribute more, have the impact you want in the world, or just reach the goals for yourself, or maybe it's because you want to be able to give your family a better life, whatever the reason, like, don't, don't you have to progress in your career? Don't you have to take care of your health? Don't you have to work out? And yeah, well, that kind of makes sense, but but there seems to be a difference, right? Like people will kind of acknowledge, like, yeah, yeah, I do have to do that, but I really have to get my kids to school. Okay, so so why? Why does the average person see it that way? And when you break it down, there are a couple of things, Um, but the most important one is that Most of us tend to prioritize things when there is social pressure to do it, when there is an expectation from other people. Okay? This is very important. The expectation that it can be an expectation that has been instilled in us, even if nobody's watching right like i have to wash my hands after i use the bathroom even if no one's watching you just feel like you have to do it because it's an expectation that's been instilled in you it's considered it's considered necessary and expected among everybody pretty much everybody <laughs> um and then some of it is because someone will is actually going to know if you've done it or if you haven't done it So those are, those are two important things and they're slightly different situations. There are different solutions for each of those and let's just kind of get into it because when it comes to you meeting an expectation because others are going to see you, then that's a pretty easy fix. You just make sure that other people are seeing you reach the goals that you actually care about. Um, and it has to be people who will actually care if you reach them or not. Uh, so you've probably heard tips such as posting it on social media. Today is the day that I start losing 50 pounds. Today is the day that I'm going to apply for my higher education degree, whatever the case may be. Today, this is what I'm going to be doing, everybody put it out there in the world, tell everyone about it. And then people are going to ask you about it and want to see how it's going. And if you, as you post that progress, then it creates that effect where people are watching you. And this is a great tip. Definitely do that. What about the ones that you feel are a common expectation? And so you feel guilty or ashamed if you don't do that. And this gets a little bit deeper because we recognize now that certain things are extremely important when a lot of us weren't raised to believe that they are. So we didn't have that model. There's been a there's been a change, right? There's been a change in the way we're expected to eat for health. Those guidelines have changed. There's been a change in ideas about fitness, right? You know, we're still going through a transition where you know, is fitness mostly for vanity to look a certain way? Or is it actually a crucial part of being healthy? You know, when I was younger, you know, it's not like my family went to the gym and worked out all the time. It's not something that was instilled. And what was instilled when you were younger tends to have a, firmer root in you it really sticks with you at a sub on a subconscious level Um, It's much harder to change. It's just ingrained and so There may be some of that and changing that can be a little bit more difficult But being aware is the first step being aware that I'm reacting differently to these two situations, but it's irrational and I want to change it, that's the first step to actually changing it. Now, don't beat yourself up, right? This is not a failure on your part. It's actually really natural for you to react this way. It's really natural to work harder to meet other people's expectations than to meet your own expectations, especially if no one else seems to care about it. We're social creatures. It's in our DNA pretty much, Um, but try to reframe it as your first step. And then later I'm going to talk about some techniques that can actually help you change the way your brain works around certain situations. But first I want to go back to willpower. One of the most helpful pieces of advice I've ever heard is to think of willpower like a limited resource. It isn't necessarily limited. There are things that you can do to increase it overall, but it helps to think of it that way and to manage it that way. And what that means is that if you want more willpower in one area of your life, you can take it from another area of your life. So let's say you want more willpower to get up after you've already woken up three times to feed and comfort a crying infant. Um, And you want, you know, the willpower to wake up and fit in a quick workout before you go about your day. And you find that you've decided, you've tried to have the discipline and it's just not working. Right, you've done it a few times. Maybe by this point, you're beating yourself up. Stop with the beating yourself up. Okay, um, we're human, and we're not rational beings, and that you have to accept that. <laughs> because the more you keep expecting yourself to act rationally, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because that's not how we're programmed to behave. Okay, so you have to do what actually works. Okay, you're not you're not a rational being. You're an emotional being. All of us are. So instead of beating yourself up for failing to have that discipline, recognize that you're using up all of your willpower on everything you have already. And so you have to find an area in your life where you can use less willpower. And this can be really hard, especially for busy parents, because the vast majority of your day is already spent on things that need to get done. Okay, so now we're going back to that social pressure, right? There are things that are ingrained in us that need to happen, need to get done. We will, not only will we be worried that other people will judge us, but we will judge ourselves if we don't. And this is where you have to really step back and try to be objective and look at your life a little bit differently. If this is really one of your top goals, again, whatever it may be, Okay, it could be fitness and nutrition related, which is what I deal with most. It could be career related. It could be trying to be more patient with the kids, whatever it is. If you want the willpower for that, you have to take it from somewhere else. And now I don't want you to rule out anything initially. Think about your day and think about how you're using your time. And then think about your values and what's most important to you and see where they're matching up and where they're not. I know I spend a large part of my day on a train. I live in New York City. We have long commutes in a lot of cases. (laughs) Mine is an hour and a half each way. So that's three hours on a train if, if the MTA is functioning on time. That is not so much in line with my values of, you know, family making a positive contribution to the world. Right. So I can't necessarily delete my commute. That's something to be considered, right? Like I could go in the direction of saying, I want to move closer to where I work so that I have more time for other things. Or I can say, I want to use that commuting time much more effectively. So listening to podcasts or audible books that can help me to develop my skills, uh, develop as a better person, you know, personal development books, things like that. Like that's another way to use that time, right? So think about how you're using your time and how you can use it differently. Um, also one thing I personally had to cut out, I, um, I used to be a clean freak. And in my heart, I still am a clean freak. It makes me so happy when my house is clean. But in the end, when I looked at, you know, everything I was doing was already important. There was nothing that was options. It's not like I was going out shopping, having beers after work. No, no, no. When you're, you know, when you're a busy parent, a lot of times there just isn't, time for any of that you've already cut out all that stuff right so what was the one thing I felt I could take away from that wasn't directly related to my values I don't have to be a I don't have to be a clean freak yes I have to have a sanitary environment but if it's messy if it's dirtier than I would like but not really unsanitary well I'm just going to have to live with it so I can make time, carve out, even if it's a few minutes a day, to work towards some of those things that are much more important to me and more important to my family, even if it's just those few minutes a day. I've carved that out and then I can use that to make progress so that later on I have the ability to carve out more time. For some people, it's social commitments. People ask them for favors or people ask them, you know, invite them to events and they feel bad saying no. And that might be something where you have to say, you know, I I have to, I have to start saying no to that because I'm meeting other people's expectations to go to these events or to help them out with things. And I'm not meeting my expectation to myself that's in line with my most important values. Okay. So thinking about willpower as a limited resource and managing it that way, kind of like you manage your time, you take away from one thing in order to give it to something else. Okay. Now, the other part of that is if you want to give your willpower a boost, you add more joy to your life. So you can add more fun, you can add more comfort for some people it can be treating yourself, you know, getting a massage, getting a mani pedi, going to a, you know a show that you've been wanting to see or a concert, but it doesn't have to cost money and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. It could also be just stopping your busy day, putting a timer on for 10 minutes and cuddling with your kids, with your partner, you know, whatever it is to give yourself that dose of comfort, give yourself that little bit of joy. It could be something really simple, you know, making yourself some healthy hot cocoa after work with raw cacao and some maple syrup and, mm, you know, whatever it may be to give yourself that little bit of joy so that it boosts your willpower for whatever that difficult task is ahead. A tip that's really popular, and this will resonate with some people and not as much with others, Um, and I'll admit, this isn't the one that resonates with me the most, but I've seen it be so effective with other people, and we're all different. Doing one small thing first thing in the morning that requires discipline. This... For the people where it really works for them, this sets them up on the, you start your day on the right foot and it's kind of like waking up and like just setting your brain on a track and then you tend to continue on that track, right? And so I do some of this. It's not the one that resonates with me the most, but I do do it actually. You know, every day I wake up at 4.50 a.m., I get out of bed by 5 a.m., And I do a short, like warm up type workout, you know, um, three days a week, I do a core routine and two days a week, I do intervals with power burpees. And let me tell you, it is the last thing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I am not happy. I am not a morning person, really, really not a morning person. Ask my family, ask my mom who had to wake me up to go to school. I am not a morning person. I do not want to do a burpee and power burpees. You don't just do a burpee. You you jump and bring your knees up to your chest. I really don't want to do it. And I'm a fitness person. I love this stuff, but not at five o'clock in the morning, but that's my time to do it. And I know that'll set me up right because it'll, you know, decrease my appetite. It'll get the positive neurochemicals in my brain flowing, all of that stuff. Give me a little boost of energy It helps with circadian rhythm. I know I need it. And so I do it and it does help some other common suggestions. Personally, I like to go with the workout if you're not getting enough of a workout in other parts of your day, but even if you are just adding that other, like, it could be as little as one or two minutes of jumping jacks. Um, I find a benefit to having a burst in the morning. Like there are just, I mean, research, not just me, research has found a benefit and I've found the benefit personally and working with other people. Um, I think there's a benefit to adding that in even if you do your workout at another time of day, which I do, I do my workout at another time of day. I'm not going to do my main workout that early in the morning. Um, but if that's not what works for you, um, there's a really popular uh, Win Hof cold showers in the morning. That's a new trend now, you know, putting the water all the way to cold and taking a super cold shower. And they say, you know, that's the hardest thing you're going to do all day. And after that, the rest of your day seems easy. Sure, do it. <laughs> you know, I know one person where it's really working and I know a bunch of others who have tried it and they said it really works for them by all means cold showers it first thing in the morning. And your showers will be so much quick, which is quicker, which will save you time. Um, the other one that I hear a lot is making your bed, you know, creating some order around you uh, helps a lot of people. Doing it first thing in the morning gives that little bit of discipline, creates that order, that sense of peace and accomplishment that gets people started off the right way for the rest of the day. So, definitely consider trying it for a few weeks and seeing how it helps. Uh, I think that for people where the problem is you're using so much discipline in every other part of your life, um, I think that that could, that's not necessarily the strategy for you because remember willpower is a limited resource and you may not want to waste it on a cold shower when you can be wasting it when you can be using it for something that's closer related to your goals. But for people who find that having discipline is something they struggle with um, and things tend to fall through the cracks or they tend to disappoint themselves, you know, to actually increase discipline, I think this is one of the top techniques. And people I've known in that situation, this has really made a huge difference. And I highly suggest it. Suggest it okay. Now I want to get deeper into mindfulness. And this is, of everything I've said here, this is the part that might take the most practice to really see the benefits. And so I really want to emphasize that what I'm going to say is going to sound so simple that it's easy to dismiss it. You know, it's like, oh, oh, that's it? Like, that that's all you're going to tell me to do? Well, that's lame. Okay, um, forget it. <laughs> you know, it just intuitively feels like it can't possibly have a big impact. But thousands of years old traditions and working with people and using it in my own life, I can tell you uh, people... Much smarter than me recommend it. (laughs) This is one of the most impactful mindfulness practices you can have. It's also not going to work instantly. It might take a few months before you really start to see it. So having that patience and revisiting it over and over, right? Like after people have described to you how to do a backflip, you know, how many times are you going to... Hopefully you're on a mat, but fall into a mat or fall into the pit or whatever you're practicing on, on your head, on your neck, and not really make any progress. But you know that it's possible to do, right? Whereas with this, I don't think it's really in the consciousness so much, um, except in certain communities, that, that this is actually something that is possible and works. So take it, look into it more if you want, Um, But don't underestimate this part, okay? I'm begging you. (laughs) All right, I call this strategy, be a scientist. And what this mindfulness method does is it helps to create a little bit of a separation between you and your thoughts and you and your emotions so that you don't get sucked into them and they don't define you and you don't just act on them without questioning them. So here's how it works. All you're going to do is start to observe your mind and your emotions as if you're an outsider and try to describe them back to yourself using objective language. Start out with the situations where you find yourself not having the willpower and the discipline that you want to have. So when you're in that situation right there, pay close attention. What is your internal monologue saying? So for example, oh, there's chocolate cake. Oh, I know I shouldn't have the chocolate cake. Well, you know, it's been a rough day and everything I have going on, how am I supposed to possibly worry about not having chocolate cake? And you know, everyone else is eating it. I don't want to insult them. Whatever is going on. Oh, you know what? It's just, I'm, I'm going to have the, you know, what? I'm just going to eat less tomorrow. That's what I'll do. That al- that trick always works, right? You know, well, it's just, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. So it's okay if I do this today, right? You're familiar with those kinds of thoughts. I'm sure. Okay. That's a little bit what they sound like in my head. A lot of you are going to be like, yep, that's spot on. Some of you are going to say, no, mine's a little different. That's fine. But you're going to pay attention to that. Pay attention to the emotions. Like, oh, well. So I, I now I notice, like, oh, I'm I'm rationalizing. I'm trying to, here's the scientist now. I'm, I'm trying to rationalize having the chocolate cake. I've already acknowledged that I shouldn't have the chocolate cake. And now my monkey brain is trying to come up with reasons why I should have the chocolate cake. Oh, and I, I pointed out that it's a rough day. So I'm trying to use... Uh, Bad things from the rest of my day To justify doing something that i'll regret later. I'm you know I'm trying to use social pressure To justify doing something that i'll regret later that it will take me away from my goals Oh, you know and now my emotions well, I notice i'm salivating. I notice that i'm staring at the cake I notice that, you know, i'm starting to Feel a little jittery i'm tapping my fingers or you know tapping my feet, uh, you know, these nervous ticks um, you know, this is what it feels like. I feel my mind racing a lot. You know, I feel, uh, an agitated feeling in my body. So you're actually going to tell yourself, like, tell yourself in your own mind what you're seeing using objective language. And now, so but objective language, you don't want to start you know, like, oh, I'm, I, I'm in pain. You wouldn't want to say, like, I'm in pain or I'm freaking out or anything that is, uh, has an emotional connotation to it or a negative meaning to it, right? You want to try to make it as objective as possible, right? So instead of headache, you would say, I feel a pressure or I feel a, you know, repeated, uh, repeated um, sensation coming up on the top of my head or whatever the case may be. You want to make it as objective as you can. Start doing this like I said in the situations where you find yourself missing that willpower and discipline. Okay? Now it's not going to necessarily make you make a different decision the first time you do it. And it may take a while before you make a different decision, but eventually what you'll start to notice is a little bit of a separation. Like you'll catch yourself. Like instead of getting sucked into the, well, I'll just eat less tomorrow. It'll be like, oh, well, there, there goes my monkey brain again, saying things that isn't gonna serve me well tomorrow. And I really don't want that. That's not really what I want. I just, I just don't want the cake. I don't want the cake. That's it. I don't, you know, it's, it's tempting me, but when it comes down to it, I don't want the cake. It takes a little bit to get there. Take, you know, it takes a while. But when you find yourself having that separation, then you start to not get sucked into the emotions as well. Um, things You don't feel disturbed by them. You can feel negative emotions um, such as stress, such as sadness or grief, such as anger, without being disturbed by them and without reacting to them blindly. So that's really important because you know going back to those power burpees on Tuesdays and Thursdays there is a familiar speech that goes on in my head every single time. Well first my alarm goes off at 4:50 in the morning. Is it really 4:50 in the morning? Oh god. Okay, there's no way. I can't possibly. I can't possibly get out of bed right now. I just can't do it. I can't possibly get through the day. There is no way I'll get through the day. Obviously an irrational thought, right? So scientist comes in, like here I am, you know, assuming I can't get through a day, even though I get through every other day, right? But I'm being melodramatic, this is my monkey brain. You know what? I can't go to work. There's there's gotta be a reason. There's gotta be a reason. I there's gotta be a reason. Okay. Do I have a headache? No. Did I throw my back out? No. Do I have a fever? No let me, let me check my messages. Maybe there's an emergency. Maybe there's an emergency. And I just, I just can't, I can go back to sleep for a couple hours and deal with it later and call out of work and not feel bad about it. Right. My, my brain goes through all that. And then it's like, okay, I'm not doing the power burpees today. I can skip it just this one day. Right. I can, I could skip it. Okay. I'm just gonna get up, I'm gonna get ready. I mean, you know, well, I did get a massage yesterday, and I'm not sure if I should really be doing something as strenuous as that today. Maybe I'm too loose for it, right? These are all BS, all BS, <laughs> okay? But I go through it every single time, every single day. And now, because of this strategy, My mind is saying all of that. And there I am getting out of bed anyway. My monkey brain is still going on about how I'm not going to do it. And there I am putting on my sports bra. You know, power burpees, you need a sports bra. What can I say? And, you know, my brain is still going on with every reason that I am definitely not going to do these power burpees today. And then I start warming up with jumping jacks and my brain's still telling me I'm not doing power burpees. And it's going on and on about how I shouldn't and all this stuff. And I can just do it, you know, I'll just do it after work. Won't make a difference. Just do it after work, blah, blah, blah. But I know that that's not going to actually happen. I know if I say it, it's still not going to happen. And then I start doing the power burpees and there you go. Oh, first that's done. Oh, no, well, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Well, I know that's going to happen. And because I have, you know, I have this mindfulness strategy and I've watched it happen over and over again. I know that even when my thoughts and my feelings, right, I am exhausted and I am pissed at my alarm clock. I am grumpy in the morning, all of that. I can observe it objectively happening and act against it. It doesn't stop happening. It's still happening, but it's not so strong. It doesn't overpower me. I can override those thoughts and feelings. And that is the key to using this method. Okay, so you're going to be a scientist. You're going to look at your thoughts, look at your emotions, look at the physical sensations in your body. Oh, this is so effective with physical pain, especially if you have chronic physical pain. Oh, this is so effective for helping with that. Even if you tend to get headaches or smaller pains every once in a while, this is so effective for making them kind of shrink in a way. So they don't, the sensation's still there, but it's not your dominant experience of that moment, right? So you're going to be a scientist. You're going to objectively look at your thoughts, your emotions, the sensations in your body. And with practice, you'll be able to override them. And is is there any better definition of discipline than being able to override the thoughts and emotions that are trying to stop you from doing what you know you need to do and what you really in the core of your being want to do in order to get where you want to be in the future. So let's go back over this episode, right? those things that you're not doing right now, it's not because you're not you're lazy. It's not because you lack willpower, because you're using willpower and discipline in other areas of your life. It's because perhaps you're making other people's expectations of you more important than the expectations of yourself. And that's something you can change. Perhaps you can just give into that and make it everyone else's expectation of you by posting on social media. You can start managing your willpower like a limited resource, thinking of areas of your life where you can take some willpower away so that you have more power for other areas of your life. You can increase your willpower by adding joy to your life, adding comfort to your life, Adding things that make you happy to your life. You can do something that requires discipline first thing in the morning, something quick, five minutes or less even. And by starting your day off like that, it makes the rest of the day feel easier and gets you set on the right track to be successful throughout the day. And you can be a scientist objectively look at your thoughts, your feelings and the physical sensations in your body. Repeat them, describe them back to yourself in objective language and you'll start to notice the separation that will allow you to begin overriding them. And by doing that, you'll increase your willpower and you'll increase your discipline and you'll be able to reach those goals that are so important to you. And that is how you become a badass mom. That is what badass moms do. We don't settle for the amount of willpower and discipline we had when we were born. We don't just take it as this is all I can do. We go above and beyond. We take that next step because we're going to stop at nothing to get what we want. Because we're badass moms, stopped by nothing. And that's what we do. Thanks for joining. Like always you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at super busy mommy coach. Uh, make sure you check out the holistic therapies directory, whether you're looking for a holistic therapist or you are one, anything ranging from fitness trainer to life coach to acupuncture to integrative medicine, doctor, whatever it may be, we have them on there. And so join or search whatever can help you. Uh, make sure you check out superbusy mommycoach.com uh, the best way if you want more from me is to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and message me send me an actual message and that's how you get into my coaching programs so if you want that one-on-one attention or if you want the group experience make sure you send me a message and mention badass moms and i'll give you a special deal Have a great night. I'll see you next time on Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.